Hello everyone and welcome back to the Good Fight Podcast and um, once again it's great to have you with us. Uh, we just want to thank everyone um, for the feedback um, we received from last week even though we had a little bit of a change and um, I told my testimony which of course was a, um, a great privilege but you'll be glad to know um, we're going to be getting stuck back into the, the Book of James um, once again in a couple of moments time. Um, but before we do, Simon, what have you been up to this week then? Um, and that is a good question. Um, I have been busy enough to be honest. I, this is my first week free of exams, free of revision, and free of medicine. It has been good. It has been fantastic. This is my last big summer holiday, and I've been enjoying it. Um, just to run through a few of the highlights, Andrew, that I've enjoyed this week. Number one, I was working in the hospital, and I came across this radiographer with the most incredible name. He is called Simon Wilson Wild. Uh, he's from Australia. He wants to be a pilot, actually. Um, and he's probably the most interesting man ever. And we were just amazed that we had met someone with the, the exact same name, basically. I also offended a girl, um, this nurse, by accident, because, I don't know, I find people by accident often. You maybe maybe know this, Andrew. Uh, I accidentally called her a Teletubby, but that's a story for another day. Um, and probably the one of the best moments was um, me and a couple of friends climbed to the top of Commodore, um, and which is the second highest morning. So that was not a bad week at all. What about yourself, Andrew? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's another been another good and um, busy week as well. Decided to do a little bit of um, camping um, as well, a bit of hiking, a bit of camping, which is good. Weather wasn't fantastic. Um, when we went, but still a very um, extremely enjoyable uh, time all the same. And hopefully many more. I also went and got a, a wee three-man tent ordered in as well. Got a good quality one, so that should hopefully help the experience next time so I can actually sit up straight in the tent without wrecking the back for the for the whole time. Um, so the challenge I set for this week um, of trying to eat as many different types of fruits, not as many fruits as possible, as some may have could confused in the challenge, but it was loads of different types of fruit that we were to do. So, Simon, how did you get on with that? So, as you say, Andre, I misunderstood the challenge, and I was thinking, how many pieces of fruit can I eat a day? I had 10 apples, I think, on Tuesday, which is actually very impressive. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> which is like, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but like 10 apples, that's crazy. Um, but overall, just considering just this morning, Andrew, what how many I've eaten, I've eaten 11 different types of fruit, including tomatoes, which is a fruit. Why is it a fruit, Andrew? I told you this fact. Because uh, Simon said it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what about yourself? Uh, well, I'm sorry to sort of rain down your, on your party, I'm afraid, but I managed to get 12, unfortunately. What? Yeah, one more. Did the count, got, the, got them verified and everything, but unfortunately I've pipped the post. So I think that's what... I'm up to that's about three one to me. I think in these last few weeks, to be fair. I love to be the underdog. I love a wee bit of a competition, and certainly this will be incredible. So I've got a challenge, Andrew. Um, ages ago, for our wee homeless thing that we do, um, uh, we do like homeless outreach in Belfast every Friday, and we wanted to get some John's Gospels to give out because some of the tracks are a wee bit cheesy and a wee bit uh, 1970s looking. So we thought maybe what's better is to give a wee John's Gospel out. Um, but because all um, basically we can't go out, we can't do the homeless outreach was a bit annoying. Um, and there was a shipment that just arrived just this week of a whole pile of John's Gospels. I thought, Andrew, what a, what a good challenge would be. We could split the number that we have and over the next week to see how many we can give out. 
And obviously, this is not just standard. You can't just walk up to random people and just give them because people just will, um, I don't know, hit you with a barge pole or just run away from you probably if you, you know, walk within their two meters bubble. So we have to be very creative. So maybe who can have the most creative story? You'll have like an extra bonus of five points for the most creative story. And then also just like a, a value for each challenge gospel that we successfully give to someone is one point. So that's a, it's a pretty wholesome competition, you know. It's not as bad as um, drinking excessive gallons of water. This is slightly more wholesome. Yeah, so hopefully this one should be a, a lot more safer anyway. And I think I might just rustle out the t-shirt cannon, get a bit adventurous, but we'll see how that <laughs> We'll see where we go um, with this week. Um, so it's my, it was my turn this week um, to do the Samia Sam. And the Sam that I've chosen um, for this week is Sam uh, 85. So sit back and relax and listen to the words of Sam 85. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath and turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God, of our salvation, and put away your indignation towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. I enjoyed that song. Um, thank you, Andrew, for, for sharing that uh, with us. Especially enjoyed uh, verse 6. Will you not revive us again, and your people may rejoice, that your people may rejoice in you? And this is the... This is the prayer of the, the psalmist here, and he desires God to revive us, knowing that it's only an intervention of God in our hearts, um, and the, the pouring out basically of the Spirit. And the result of that is that people start to rejoice in, in God. And um, even just what I've been enjoying um, is talking about um, revival, basically, and some looking historically at some revivals, and it obviously has to be a work of God. Um, so that's amazing just to, to read in Psalm 85. So you'll be delighted to hear, as I'm sure you know, as a couple of weeks ago, we finally managed to make our way after what seemed a decade in chapter one, and we're finally made our way into James chapter two. Um, now, we're going to be doing a little bit differently. Normally, we only do a couple of verses or so, but this time we're going to go all the way to 13. So we've almost multiplied it by about six from what we're used to. So it's a little bit, it'll be a little bit different, um, but we're going to get stuck in anyway, and hopefully it'll be a, a blessing to use um, for this week. So it's over to Simon for today's reading. Okay. Yeah, so... And this is a reading from James chapter 2, verses 1 all the way to uh, 13. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place. While you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. 
Have you not then made distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you? And the ones who drag you into court, are they not the ones who blaspheme the honourable name by which you were called? If you really fulfil the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Whoever keeps the whole law but feels in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And that is our reading. Thank you very much, Simon. Um, so this week we're just sort of going to try and split these up um, as best we can into sort of um, three main points. Um, the first one being uh, that the church so often at times can be like the world. The second point that we want to discuss is that Christ is the ultimate servant. And our final one is going to be looking at mercy and withholding judgment. So let's jump into the first points um, without further ado. So as we say, as you say, Andre, the first point that we want to discuss is that the church is so often just like the world. And we first want to just look at the very first verse. So James makes it um, very clear, and it's nice the way that he addresses um, in verse 1, where he goes, my brothers, always bringing um, the loving aspect when he is addressing these, um, these people. But he says, my brothers, show no um, partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. He makes it very clear that there shouldn't be any partiality. There shouldn't be any favoritism whatsoever in the church. And then James, in the next couple of verses, um, goes on to give an example of this, as is very common, as we find out already in this study. So, yeah, this is the example that James gives. Um, this is kind of what we want to focus our whole episode upon. So we want to look, first of all, I'm just going to read verses two to four again. And then, but just be careful. I'm just, as you listen, um, sort of pay attention to what this person in the church is, is valuing, what this person in the church is um, giving attention toward. So verse two says, For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? We can clearly see James is um, addressing a specific emphasis um, on the external things that are picked up on notice. We read about the, one of these people wearing a gold ring and fine clothing but then there's the comparison of of a poor man in shabby clothing that's coming in all that james tells us and in this example is everything external all those things he just doesn't speak about anything internally anything about their character or whether even they're saved he doesn't address any of these matters but the person in this story is 
so primarily focused on the person coming in with the gold ring and the rich clothing and what they're externally wearing. And I suppose a good question to ask is, why is this person, and sometimes ourselves at times in this analogy, just wanting to come and to serve this rich person? That's a great question. Well, I suppose the, the person in this church, it kind of reminds us of ourselves so often. But this person in the church um, is valuing this rich person, maybe because of the reputation of this rich person. Maybe they see this, this rich, wealthy, influential person in society who, has, who they have something to gain from. This person could have status. This person could have wealth. And they maybe believe that if they cozy up you know, beside them, if they try and serve them, um, then they'll actually get some of that reputation, get some of that wealth and status from themselves. And I suppose their motive of service here is because they are selfish. So I think, I suppose, when we look at this example, it's kind of like a step. So with the person that James presents here is in the middle, and there's a poor person coming in with shabby clothing. And basically, they say to the person, the person in the church says, oh, sit down at my feet, as in serve me. You know, you are less than me because you are poor. I don't want anything to do with you. Just serve me. But when the wealthy person comes in, with their fancy robe and their, their gold ring, they say, oh no, you you sit in this really you know great place, this is a really comfy seat, so you sit here, it would be so lovely for you to sit here. And so as we say, this person in the church is trying to serve the wealthy person, but their service is impure. Their service is actually useless. Why is that, Andrew? Why is their, is their service useless? So this is just like the person that we mentioned, not last episode for your testimony, Andrew, but the one before that in verse 26, which is talking about this person who thinks they're religious, but they don't bridle their tongue. They deceive their heart. And in reality, this person's religion is worthless because they are only serving themselves and their own interests, and they are not being Christ-like. It's also very interesting as well, and in the verse 3, and for the, this person's attitude to these two various people, when he's speaking to the poor person, he's almost saying to him, you stand over there. Almost a case of he doesn't want to be associated with this person, almost if they see him talking to him or interacting with him or, or sometimes even sitting near him just to have this thing, oh, my reputation is going to be ruined or what are people going to think of me? And all these questions that can come from that. But if in reality, what the situation is, it is a lack of an eternal perspective. So often we can get so focused in the here and now, but in the reality, of the situation in a hundred years time we're not going to be there and so often we are so narrowly minded and what people think of us and how they're going to react if we would do these things and and so often we get so caught up in that there's a verse in ephesians 5 that is a so simple but so profound at the same time it simply says to be imitators of christ and that god it's saying there in the passage that god chooses those who are poor to be rich in faith it's sort of almost this upside down kingdom and, and the church so often at certain times can take the opposite reaction to that. Okay. And this just reminds us what we were talking about, the person whose religion is pure and undefiled in James 1, 27. I'm just going to read the, the verse here. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. 
and not to repeat anything we've previously said, but those orphans and widows, especially in those days, were the most vulnerable. And it costs a lot of time and effort to visit them, to be associated with them. And you would have to maybe give up maybe some of the reputation that you thought you had. But that's exactly what true religion is. That's what God wants us to do, to serve these people, because that's what his kingdom's all about. I'm just going to read this um, this example um, in Luke's Gospel. It's actually found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. Um, it's one of my favorite stories. And apologies if I've previously talked about it. Actually, I'm not even going to apologize. I love the story. Um, I'm very happy to read it again. It says in verse 36, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. So just to set the scene, um, there is Simon the Pharisee and he has maybe skeptically, maybe to test Jesus, has invited him into his house and he wants to see what this Jesus man he's heard so much about. What is he, you know, what is he all about, I suppose? And so you can just imagine the Pharisees, they thought very well of themselves. They were rich. They had a lot of influence and a huge reputation in society. Um, and it was maybe, maybe they thought it was a big ask for them to be associating with Jesus. But we'll see what happens next. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And we know that is such an expensive flask of ointment that you couldn't just break and then put back together again. No, you had to break it and everything had to go. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would not have, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him for she is a sinner. And we can see here clearly that Jesus didn't care for his reputation. He didn't mind that this, um, this sinner that is a woman, and so often people think that she is a prostitute, and maybe she was, being associated with him. And she was worshipping him in, in such a dramatic and such an unrelenting way. He didn't mind his reputation going, and that should be like us. We shouldn't care who we are associated with. Um. And we can imagine in this setting, I would so much more like to be associated with the woman than the, the, the pious Pharisees. And you sort of shows us um, throughout this um, portion of his letter um, that what we are actually um, can we do when we commit this sin of partiality or showing favoritism um, to different things that we are, are dishonoring the poor person, um, as it speaks about in verse 6, that we are judging incorrectly and judging with evil thoughts in verse 4. We're also not being a Christ-like example. And as the story that we have just, as Simon has just told us, we're not showing that example. We'd be too embarrassed to want to associate with that person. And at the end of the day, as we'll come to see um, very soon, that we are breaking God's law as well when you're doing this and to, and to see the seriousness of this sin of partiality. Exactly. I'm going to continue. And bear with us as we, we've read quite a lot today and we will potentially continue to do that. Um, but yeah, we shouldn't apologize for that. Um, this is God's word. So verse 8 says uh, of our reading in James, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, and this is what we want to focus on, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you're committing sin and are, commit and are, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. 
For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. I'm sure many of you remember from the early days um, when we did our introduction to James, often there was a lot of links back to the Sermon on the Mount, and this definitely um, would speak volumes off of them. The words are being said there that you shall love um, your neighbour as yourself. Uh, and how true that really is, that we should love everyone regardless, regardless of their external circumstances, regardless of their situations, that we should love, as it clearly says, we should love our neighbour as ourselves. But the problem um, can often be that when we show this partiality, when we show this favoritism, and this isn't something that should be passed off lightly as well. It's, it's not it's not a serious sin. It's not a it's not a big deal. And so often it isn't talked about or, or even I suppose preached about a whole lot. But Simon, what is the seriousness of this sin? I think James is very serious here. Um, he's very sober. It's sobering in terms of his words here. But basically he's saying, verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law but feels in one point has become guilty of it all. And so he's saying that this sort of piety, this false piety, this um, sense of, of partiality shouldn't just be sort of brushed under the carpet or should, shouldn't just be sort of you know, accepted as a, just a part of church. He says, no, this should not be apparent in any believer at all. This is a sin. This is um, offensive to God. If we are partial in terms of how we treat someone, then we are just like um, the murderer. We're just like the, the adulteress. We have actually we have broken all of the laws. I suppose the next point is well, how do we know um, what God's will uh, for the church is in those circumstances? Well, of course, um, no greater example, um, no greater example in that um, is the Lord Jesus Himself, and that brings us on to the second point. So, yeah, our second point is that Christ is the ultimate servant. So we know that so often the problem with the, the church is that we do not live with this eternal perspective. And so we, we care for, you know, Jesus, alternatively, controversially and radically, he lived every minute of his life here on earth with, with an eternal perspective. Because he knew and was secure in the fact that he was infinitely rich eternally. So he didn't try and hold on to position. He didn't try and hold on to reputation or power here. There's a fantastic verse um, in Mark 10:45, which says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for him. So Jesus was willing to serve. Not the ones that would give him something in return because he realized that he had everything. And so us as Christians, we need to realize that we are eternally rich in Christ. And so we don't need anything here and now. And so we should serve the ones that are poor of this world, poor in this world. For example, in Luke 9, it tells us that Jesus actually was homeless. He was willing to give up a lot of his um, earthly riches. Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And we're also reminded as well um, of the mockery he faced, especially um, in the lead up and, and even when he was on the cross. We can think of the, uh, the fancy garments that, that they, they put on him, on his head, and how they had twisted on a, a crown of thorns. And even there's a part in, in Luke 
um, 22 that speaks about and says, Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is that who struck you? And they said many other things, him and blaspheming him. And yet, and Jesus willingly took um, and bore all those things for us. But so often we wouldn't be willing to suffer that for someone who would be viewed um, as the poor person. That's great. That's great. I suppose we're just reminded that Jesus is the selfless servant. And we're so often reminded of this point. And this is such a commonly um, chatted about um, chapter in the Bible and Philippians 2. But it is so beautiful. It says, but have this mind among yourselves. So we're admonished by Paul to have this mindset, which is yours in Christ Jesus. We are all who listen to this, who are saved and believers. We are in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He took the form of a servant. So we've now um, made ourselves, um, we've now got ourselves to, um, to our final point. So our first one was that the, the church so often um, can look like the world on occasions. Then, of course, we have Jesus um, as a fantastic example. He lived with an exter- external, with an internal um, perspective. And our final point is we're briefly going to speak about um, mercy and withholding judgment. And it's based on the, the last two verses um, in James and for this passage that reads, So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It's a good it's a good passage. I think even just that the it starts with so speak and so act. And James is all about not just sort of you know saying one thing and doing another, but it's actually being people and Christians of integrity. We are people that are wholehearted, people who have this fear of God. And this is something that we we need to to have. We need to realize and experience God's mercy and be able to give that to other people. And so often we are quick to judge other people um, instead of being merciful towards them. And, And so often we can forget how merciful God was to us. And in James' example that he's speaking about here, we shouldn't be judging these people, especially on such trivial things um, such as their outward appearance. There's a story, there's a parable in Matthew's um, Gospel in chapter 18. It's a bit of a, um, a long reading, but I believe it's a, a very powerful and helps um, portray some of the things that James is trying to get across. It says this, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. 
he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgive you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Doesn't this remind us of what we're like? In this story, we are so often the person who has begged for mercy before the master. Because our debt is too big and we cannot pay it. And our master, who is God, is merciful unto us, forgiving us of our debts and making Jesus pay the price instead of us. But so often in our everyday dealings with other humans, we judge others for things that aren't even sins. We make grievance with them. We, we judge them and we think that they, we are better than them, maybe because they are poor and they can't give us things. We are so twisted in our mindset. Let us just consider these things and, and reflect on how we, we live these things out in our own lives and even repent to God and to confess them even now after hearing this podcast. And just um, in conclusion, um, so often we can um, speak about these things and indeed um, bring them across in the podcast, but we really want to actually live these things out as, of course, um, James is all about and truly um, acting in these things. And what a powerful statement it could be if the, the sin of partiality was taken so serious in the church and we truly realized that it was a serious sin and tried to live this out, that no matter who came in, no matter what their external things that they had, that we wouldn't care, but we would have an eternal perspective, that we would care how they were internally, that the most important thing um, was to tell them about Jesus and how he loves them and to bring about and to teach them the gospel and show them salvation and how that should be the things we focused on, no matter their circumstances, to be wanting to serve these people and to show the love of God from them. That is a challenge to ourselves and, and hopefully one that we will indeed think about and try and live out and really change that in the church in the times to come. So we're just um, just going to finish this with the, this episode. So guys, thank you so much for, for joining us on the, the 12th episode of the Good Fight podcast. Um, as we start this sort of new formats, um, there's going to be another eight episodes as we go through the book of James together. Um, and we're going to go and try and th- go through these passages, but not repeat anything we've discussed in the, the first 10 episodes. And there might be another testimony maybe thrown in in one of those episodes as well. Um, so all of that to look forward to. But have an amazing week. Enjoy, hopefully, the improving weather, we believe. And we pray that um, you would, um, just like us, think about these things and try to apply these to our lives. Uh, God bless and have a great week. Thank you.